my reason for being and for keeping going is that I was given these gifts and we're only here for a short amount of time. So I just felt absolutely passionate and drawn to help people and to wake them up, so to speak, and give them some hope because I come from nothing. I come from homelessness, basically. Everyone's dealt a different hand in the same way. So you got to play the hand you're dealt instead of looking at everyone else's hands and trying to, woe is me, I should have got those two aces. You know what? You got seven deuce, go all in. Get it done. Scare them off their hand. Make them fold those aces. Whatever it takes. That's what it's about. It's about playing the hand you're dealt and being grateful for it. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Coco Vinny Zaldivar, the eco-inventor, zero-waste educator, and CEO of Coco Taps. Coco Vinny has founded and funded a variety of business ventures over the past 20 years, but has finally found his calling and will spend the rest of his career as the chief coconut in charge at CocoTaps.com. It all started one day when Coco Vinny broke his dad's expensive knife while trying to open a coconut. After much research, he realized there was nothing on the market offering a no-mess, no-stress way to turn a coconut into an all-natural, drinkable, and resealable container. This is how Coco Taps was born. Coco Vinny's creation is as eco-friendly as a product can get. No bottles, no cans, and no pollution, just fresh, tapped coconuts. It's all about keeping in alignment and partnering with Mother Nature with great taste and zero waste. Coco Vinny has created the Zero Waste Ultimate Vacation Beverage that's now in most major five-star resorts, juice bars, restaurants, and often part of music festivals in Las Vegas and beyond. His goal is to disrupt the status quo and innovate the coconut hydration industry by tapping into resorts, retail, theme parks, and cruise ships. Any places that currently serve artificial plastic packaged and processed coconut water will soon become Coco Taps customers. Coco Vinny has been featured on both The Profit on CNBC and the ABC hit TV show Shark Tank. Listen in for some great takeaways about the journey of a true entrepreneur and his passion to create a company that will produce zero waste and a ton of great hydration and memories too. Well, hello everybody, Larry Sprung here, and I have the unbelievable pleasure of being with Coco Vinny Zaldivar today, the eco-inventor, zero-waste educator, and CEO of Coco Taps. Thanks for joining us today, Coco Vinny. Hey, Larry, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to see you. I, In full disclosure, I'm a big fan, saw you on Shark Tank, which we'll get into, and The Profit, so I'm interested to learn a little bit more about you and where you are today. But before we do that, just for our audience who may not know who you are, which I don't think there'll be that many people, but I think more people will know you than not, but can you share with our audience a bit about who Coco Vinny is and how you got to where you are today? <laughs> 
Well, that's a long-winded answer to that, but I'll keep it short. Aren't all entrepreneurial journeys? <laughs> yeah, they are. I'm Coco Vinny, founder and chief coconut in charge at Coco Taps. And I started this whole adventure with finding my purpose. And so I broke a knife on a coconut. I left a high-stress gaming company that I started, and it just kind of all flowed together. The stars aligned, and I'd stumbled across the coconut. And now we're growing a beautiful zero-waste organization, and it's gone beyond anything I could ever dream of. So it's very exciting. For my beginnings roots of how I got into being an entrepreneur was out of necessity. And we almost ended up homeless when I was 15. Hard times. My father went to prison. We lost everything. And that's really necessity is the mother of invention. Sure. And my necessity for taking care of my little sister, mom, and family catapulted me into getting really creative. And I don't know if a lot of people know the whole quick start, ready, fire, aim world, but that's how I had to grow up, you know, ready, fire, aim. So it's worked out all right, though. We've got a lot of cool educations from it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, entrepreneurial journey is definitely a great education for sure. There's a lot of setbacks and I look Mm -hmm. at those as learning opportunities. And as long as you approach them as such, it creates one hell of an education for you. That's for sure. Yeah. We have a saying, every setback is a setup for a comeback. There you go. Love it. Love it. Said Coco Vinny. (laughs) So listen, my family and my credit card, by the way, are huge fans of Shark Tank, right? Please, can you tell us what it was like? Because a lot of us watch that show. We all wonder, what was it like being on that show? Everybody wonders about that. And you were there. You've been there. You've been in the tank. (laughs) It is a trial by fire, no doubt, because you rehearse. I had my pitch down pat. I had it memorized 200 times rehearsed. And then the day of filming, they changed the entire pitch. They said, I know we told you you're going to go to the line. And then we say go. And then you do your pitch. But they put a rolling camera in front of me. And they wanted me to sing and walk (laughs) into the tank. And that moment when they hit record and the lights went on, I realized in that moment that I had never walked and sang and strummed the ukulele at the same time in my life. And I had to learn that in the tank right there. It was wild. And so we figured that out. And then, of course, if anybody sees, saw the show, we got a lot of excuses and no deal. And I learned on my way out how to sing backwards and do the same thing out. And it was uh, it was wild. <laughs> Yeah. So it is as pressure packed and pressure filled as one would think. Oh my gosh. Worse than I could imagine. I mean, so 60 long minutes of hammering questions and they interrupt each other. They interrupt you. It's just fire, 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 bang, bang, bang. They're interrupting each other. And that's the tough part because I wanted to answer Mark Cuban and then Robert Hershevich's jumping over him and then Lori. And then they're all just, they're just basically fighting. (laughs) Right. It's (laughs) a shark tank, right? It's crazy. (laughs) fighting over the same fish and you're like the chum right like ready, yeah. ready to churn up the exactly. waters a little bit yeah so yeah, let me exactly. ask you because we just talked about like learning right so you walk in there pressure packed don't get a deal obviously there's some disappointment mm-hmm. there because i don't think anybody really goes in there expecting or thinking that they're not going to get a deal they want a right. deal what was the biggest takeaway for you walking out of there without a deal what was the biggest learning piece of takeaway that you had from that Really, it taught me a lot about rejection. It taught me a lot about sticking to my core essence of my company and why why I created it in the first place. 
because I felt that after I gave my pitch, I realized that I was pitching what I thought they wanted to hear instead of pitching what was true core, the core value of the company. And if I would have stuck to my core values, I think it would have been a lot different pitch. But I come to find out that the deals on Shark Tank don't really ever close, hardly any of them. Even the ones you see close on TV never close. That's what I hear that even if they get a deal, I'm hearing or I've heard that it could be 18, 24, 36 months if it ends up having to come to uh, fruition. You get a lot of retrade. So if Mark Cuban agrees on TV, 250 grand for 10%, the lawyers and the accountants can take you to 50 grand for 70%. (laughs) They retrade you behind the scenes and those are not good deals. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder, or do you know, do you have any knowledge? Do people who do not get deals on the show in the tank, do they get approached afterwards? Has that happened in the reverse? Yeah. That's a model. I had a lot of tire kickers call me after a lot of other sharky sharks call me. (laughs) I can help you and this and that. At the end of the day, learning that you're not really going to be supported and you're not really going to be funded until you don't need it. Right. So people won't support you until it's popular to support you. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So you got to rely on your own self to get this thing to a point where then you're actually bankable or fundable. Or I'm so grateful that I wasn't at the time because learning that you don't need anyone else. If you really care about your company, you're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah. It's like you're talking to business businesses, business owners, right? You want to get a line of credit when you don't necessarily need the line of credit because that's when you can get the line of credit. When you're in desperation mode and need the line of credit, that's when you can't get the line of credit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Banks only lend. Yeah, right. Right. Now, you had a very unique situation because you're one of the few. I don't know if there's any others that I can think of, but you're one of the few, if at all only, that has been in both the Shark Tank... And been on The Profit with Marcus Limonis, who I've had the opportunity to meet Marcus Limonis in person and have a short conversation with him and talk to him about how he does things and what he's about. So tell us, what did you learn from that experience and how did that differ from the whole Shark Tank experience? Yeah, well, that was a whole 60-minute episode on Cocoa Taps, which is glorious. The only thing that I wasn't expecting was some of the... (laughs) editing that they did and the different positioning of how they portrayed our brand was kind of goofy. But I had a great experience. I learned a lot from all of it, from just being flown around the country for a series of three months and doing all these challenges and different things. It was fun. I got to tell you, there's a lot of things to be learned about TV and reality TV that I didn't learn. And so you have to go through it. Right. Sometimes it's like a sausage factory. You go in whole and you come out brown. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun. Do you think you'd be where you are today if it wasn't for those two experiences? Yeah, I would be. I mean, we're executing a plan that's really, really rooted and grounded in long game strategy. We have an 80-year plan. And we want to plant a million trees in just the next 10 years between Hawaii, Costa Rica, and Puerto Rico. So we're very, very, very driven and passionate. I wouldn't be as well known and I wouldn't (laughs) be as recognizable or brandable if it wasn't for those shows. So I'm grateful for the TV time. I mean, I've probably gotten 25 million in in free airtime and reruns. Sure. So I can't argue that. Amazing. Good, bad, or different. There you go. You got Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. 
So one of the things we saw recently, and I learned about you, is you were at the EOS Worldwide Conference, and I would imagine you use EOS in the business, I guess, you know, especially when you lead with talking about core values. That seems like something very yeah. EOS-like, something we use here. How has EOS helped your business? Oh, my gosh. Well, EOS program has helped us through COVID tremendously. Our coach... We have a coach that comes in, our integrator, Shelly. It's really amazing, everything that's happened. She's our implementer, I think. I get those confused. <laughs> implementer. implementer yeah. She's our implementer. Sorry, I, I knew it was wrong when I said it, but I said it. Anyways, EOS asked me to be a keynote speaker at the conference, and we were able to show people our coconuts and what we do and how we do the zero waste circular economic model. It was great. I had a great time. I love the program. I love the people. It's great. I imagine you're the visionary in your organization. I'm a number 10 quick start visionary. <laughs> yeah. I, Gino Wickman is also one a quick start. Yes. 10 quick starts, I guess. I think I'm a nine on the quick start also. I'm up, mm-hmm. I'm up there as well. So <laughs> I get it. Nice. And do you have an internal integrator in your organization? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Ashley is our integrator. And then Coco Rob, our president, is uh, a visionary integrator. Yeah. Yep. He's operations. There you go. What are some of the benefits that you see from EOS and having that implemented into your business? Because we talk about it a lot here. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen, and I'm trying to impart upon them the benefits of it. So yeah. what are some of the benefits that you've seen by utilizing EOS as part of your organization? Just being able to track and IDS things, just identify the problems and solve them and all that stuff. It's just a good practice to, you know, we're always in the business, but when you just step back and can work on the business, it's very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. IDS, for those of you who aren't aware, stands for identify, discuss, and solve. And we kind of have an internal rule here that if there's an issue within our organization, and the individual can't solve it within five minutes or less, they are to put it on the issues list for our next level 10 meeting. And then we have a discussion about it and solve it right then and there. So everybody's on the same page. It adds a lot of clarity within the organization and transparency for sure. For sure. So tell us, you talked a little bit about zero waste, and that's a big core value for you and your organization. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what your zero waste philosophy is and how that plays into Cocoa Taps? Yeah. So when I speak to people, I say, you know, some people say, well, it's more expensive to do good environmental things, but that's a fallacy that's not true. If you're using the right circular economic model, when you're throwing something away, you're actually losing money. You're throwing away resources that can be used. So my zero waste philosophy is always about saving money and being able to save the planet at the same time. So we have a really neat way of looking at things. We work with our vendors, any materials that come in that we need to eliminate toxic materials or plastics or things that we can't upcycle or reuse. So it's a way of life for us. And just start start thinking of things as circular, you know, from the farms, where our coconuts come from, to the customer, and then to the end, we're already developing formulas for the use of the used coconuts. So we're going to be making coconut coir and other products that people can do vertical farming and lots of good stuff with. So it's about being a part of Mother Nature and collaborating with her rather than just segmenting and competing 
You know, cause we won't win the competition against mother nature. <laughs> She's powerful. A hundred percent. So listen, you know, I didn't even think about it for those listeners that may not know, can you describe what cocoa taps are yeah. and, and how they're sure. utilized? So I broke a knife on a coconut uh, one summer day in Long Beach, and I invented a device that screws right into the coconut. If you can imagine the top of a water bottle, but it's not plastic. It's made out of an ocean-safe, fully backyard compostable cap and tap system made out of corn flour. And it screws in, makes the coconut resealable, airtight, so you can drink fresh from the coconut. No processing, no plastic packaging, and it's about just having God's Gatorade from the source, from the tree to your lips. And I just, I absolutely love my job because I get to hydrate and make people smile, you know? Right. And the coconut is mother nature. So that goes back and can get composted. And then the tap itself can be reused, I imagine, right? On the next coconut? It can be used, but it actually just starts decomposing and it's compostable. So you literally, in the right backyard compost pile, it'll go back to earth also in less than six months. So it's a fully regenerative business. We're planting trees right now. So we've planted 15,000 coconut trees just last month. We're going to plant another 30,000 trees this next year, this year before the end of the year. So it's really exciting what's going on. We're closing the loop. We're vertically integrating our supply chain. We're sequestering carbon, building soil, and and I'm not going to be dependent on 9,000-mile journeys of boats and coconuts on boats. We're going to have to have it localized. So it's really exciting. That's amazing. So you kind of talked about it earlier. You have this no quit attitude, right? You said you kind of had your back against the wall because growing up and whatnot. Where did this attitude come from that you just no quit, no quit. You sound (laughs) like the New York Rangers, no quit New York, you know? (laughs) Well, I think you have to. You know, any champion is going to get knocked down and going to get just tested to pound it into the earth. And you got to be able to get up and keep getting up and get dusted off. And I listen to a lot of motivational kind of things that kind of keep me going from music to Tony Robbins to whatever resonates with you that's going to keep you going. And you got to have a reason to go. You got to have a real reason to keep going. And really, I think my reason for being and for keeping going is that I was given these gifts. And we're only here for a short amount of time. So I just felt absolutely passionate and drawn to help people and to wake them up, so to speak, and give them some hope because I come from nothing. I come from homelessness, basically. Everyone's dealt a different hand in the same way. So you got to play the hand you're dealt instead of looking at everyone else's hands and trying to, woe is me, I should have got those two aces. You know what? You got seven deuce, go all in, (laughs) get it done, scare them off their hand, make them fold those aces, whatever it takes. That's what it's about. It's about playing the hand you're dealt and being grateful for it. Right. Any idea where your entrepreneurial bug came from? Because I'm assuming based upon your upbringing, you're saying you were homeless and had a very tough childhood and growing up that you didn't necessarily have entrepreneurial role models around you. At least it doesn't sound that way. Well, actually, you know, my father was a brilliant visionary. He just didn't have the team and the tools, I don't believe, to execute. But I learned a lot of my entrepreneurial skills from him. He's a Marine. He was in Vietnam and he has always had a mission. And so I got a lot of that from him. I got a lot of smarts and stability from my mom. So I attribute those to beginning role models. And then when my father went to prison, I sought out five different mentors 
in five different areas of my life that I wanted to grow. And I worked with them. I actually sought them out and I said, whatever it takes, I want to learn. I was, I was eager for the information. And I learned certain traits and skills from business to health and wellness to music. I had mentors in those areas of my life that I wanted to develop. And that's what you got to do. You got to have mentors. You got to seek them out though. I agree. And I think one of the things, and we've talked about it on here before, one of the huge benefits of internet and online and YouTube and all these platforms are that you could seek out mentors that you aspire to be like and learn from them without them necessarily even giving you up any time because you can listen to their teachings, you can follow them. And then if you're interested in trying to make a connection, you could try to do that. But you can get a lot of information, a lot of assistance without ever having to have a conversation with that person. It's a tremendous added value that I think goes unnoticed by many. Definitely. No, it does. And I mean, I'm lucky that at the time I actually had the personal one-on-one time with them. Sure. You know, and that was like priceless. Well, you know what? With all due respect, if you ask them, I'm sure they would say what I'm about to say. And I've seen it in my own situations. I get as much from somebody I'm mentoring, my mentee, as they get from me a lot of times. You know, there is that two-way street. And a lot of people think it's a one-way street, and it's so not. The mentor gets so much from that relationship. A lot of times it's different than what you're getting as the mentee, but it's just as rewarding for the mentor as it is the mentee, I think. You know what's amazing is that I've seen it come full circle. It's been 25 years since my first mentor, and it's probably been... Yeah, it's been a while. And I now have been able to come full circle and my mentors have actually reached out to me for assistance sometimes or how do you do that or you know I'm teaching them about crypto or whatever and so it's just amazing that you can give back eventually and mentor someone else. Sure. You know, take somebody else, give them a hand up. I love the term hand up instead of hand out. Agreed. And and just if people want to learn how to fish then teach them, you know. I agree. And, you know, similar to you, I don't think I've ever shared this previously, but my grandfather was an entrepreneurial guy to some degree, but he never could get to a level of great success. He was, Mm -hmm. sounds very much like when you were telling us about your dad, I was thinking about my grandfather, very, you know, entrepreneurial guy, visionary guy, just never was able to kind of put it together, had very, you know, grand ideas, just was never able to put it together. And uh, similarly, that's where I think I get a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit is from him and watching him try. And I kind of learned what worked and more importantly, what didn't work. Yeah, and no doubt. It's very, very helpful. So very similar experience. Agreed. Yeah, I learned yeah. a lot from my dad. What not to do, what to do, a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Now, you talk about belief being your biggest currency. What do you mean by that? Belief is everything. Because what you think, what you speak and believe becomes your reality. So I've been speaking into reality for eight years. I even said it on Shark Tank. I said, Shark Tank, sharks, close your eyes for a minute and imagine we're on our very own Hawaiian coconut plantation or your own quiet farm. And that right there is a manifestation of what's actually happening now. And it's eight years later, but I believed in it. I could see it. I could smell it, taste it, touch it. And not, even if nobody else believes, it doesn't matter. As long as you believe and you have the faith and you have the motivation to grind and, and work at it every day, it'll come true. It'll come to reality. 
And you're living proof of that. That's for sure. You know, we've seen it. So, you know, I have to ask, because I, I don't know if many of the listeners know this, but I, I do. You made a huge commitment and you went all in and changed your name to Coco Vinny <laughs> legally, right? If I remember correctly. When did you make that commitment to go all in? So to I use a Vegas that, term, right? <laughs> I, made, I made the commitment on TV during filming. And then when I went to go do it, my dad called me and he goes, you cannot change your name. He goes, I gave you that name. It was your grandfather's name. Da, da, da. And so I thought about it and I said, you know what, Pops, you're right. I'll just have a stage name. So I didn't legally change my passport or my license. It is just my committed name. Everybody calls me Coco Vinny. When I go to the store or go to anywhere, I'm Coco Vinny. It's just on paper. I'm Vincent Paul Zaldivar. That's just the way it is. Oh, so I, I must have gotten a <laughs> dose of fake news because I thought I read hey, somewhere that you legally changed yeah, it. Well, that's what the reality TV does. Not everything's so reality in that world. Let me just tell you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you still answer to Vinny. Vinny, Vincenzo. Yeah, Vince. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'll that's answer to funny. anything now, you know, Coco. <laughs> so one of the things we talk a lot about is mindset, and we kind of talked a little bit about that belief for entrepreneurs that are out there, whether they're getting started or they're kind of, you know, along their entrepreneurial journey. What are like two or three mindset tips that you would provide that are takeaways that they should be thinking about along their entrepreneurial journey? Well, it depends on the business and depends on the person. But don't get stuck in the short game. The short term really stresses you out. If you have a new product or a new business, you're not going to necessarily see amazing results out of the beginning. So don't down yourself or don't put some artificial timelines on yourself. Well, I should have a million dollars by this time, or I should, it should, and should. I tell people, you know, you, you'll should all over yourself. And it's, it's not about that. You've got to really, really just stay focused on the long-term impact that the business that you want to create is going to have. If you can think way beyond and then reverse engineer that way, it'll take pressure off of you. Because you're like, you know what? I have a 10-year plan or a 50-year plan. Then you have time. Then you don't have all these other people saying, oh, well, you should have done this or you should have done that or you should be here by this time. There's all these artificial timelines that'll stress you out. And I used to do that. I was like, oh, no, I'm a failure because I didn't even get this at this time. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Do what you got to do, you know, to, to see your vision through. So that's what I've learned is just to long and strong, slow and steady, and just chip away at that baby and get it done. Are, are there any other tips that we should share with our <laughs> listeners? Or is that the, the one that you just need no. to know and follow? I mean, th there's so many life lessons that I've learned, knowing your power, never giving up, just having the... I guess it's positive mindset, but more than positive mindset, positive work set to be able to enjoy the process of working and grinding and just getting it done. That really is, you can learn to do something that you hate, like you love it. You know, you heard that. I've heard, I heard people say that and I think it was from like Mike Tyson or something, but you got to keep at it. That's how you go from good to great is just to keep driving. And right. sometimes you got to slow down to speed up, so to speak. And discipline loves, there's an EOS saying that success loves discipline. 
That's true. And I think to your point about the long-term time horizon, that 10-year, that's an EOS-driven kind of mantra as well, because it seems like you take that pressure off. You give yourself a manageable time frame. And without the long-term time horizon, I think things always take longer than expected. But at the same time, if you put it in a 10-year increment, you have a tendency to achieve those goals in a lot less than that 10-year increment that you set out for yourself because you take a different approach to it. You're not trying to go 100 miles an hour. You're taking a concerted effort, looking at Mm -hmm. things and and course correcting along the way. And you have the time to do that under a 10-year plan. You don't have that under a 12-month plan, right? Yeah, the saying is you overestimate what you can do in a year and you underestimate what you can do in 10 years. So Right. Very much so. 100%. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You have a lot on your plate. You talked about planting the number of trees. What's the next big thing up for Coco Vinny? What do you have on the horizon coming up? Well, we're tapping the entire cruise ship industry out of Miami. And that is something that I've been working on. I put on my vision board seven years ago. And it took me four years to get this deal closed, but we are going to be one of the coolest, best coconut products, ready to drink fresh coconut water on the cruise ships. They're going to put rum in them. We're branding logos. It's just exciting what's going on. I mean, we're going to have an opportunity to move hundreds of thousands of coconuts a month now. And this is amazing. This is the cocoa dream. And so that's (laughs) what I'm excited about right now. What's coming? Cruise ship industry. We've already had the resort industry all this on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as um, now with the farms and the vertical integration and localizing the supply chain, we're able to cut costs because we can cut out all that shipping cost and localize it. So we're going to have the largest coconut farm in the United States this year. So pretty exciting. So I got to ask, are you going to be on the Disney cruise ship line or no? Because <laughs> I'm taking a cruise at the end of this year, at the end of 2022. So I need to know if I should be looking for the uh, Cocoa Taps or not. Yeah. The answer is keep your eye out. I got my All eye right. on the mouse. The mouse is on the target board. Too. I'm just <laughs> not sure. If, I'm just not sure if the mouse is going to get tapped in before year end, but it's on the All target. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're actually going out of Miami between uh, yeah. Christmas and New Year's. So uh, well, you'll you'll be able to see our coconuts everywhere because we're opening up Miami strong. So all right, just a matter of time, my friend. Like I said, I'm taking no prisoners. Everybody's <laughs> getting tapped. Uh, what about people who don't like coconuts? <laughs> That's okay. They're going to have to like them, I guess. They're going to have to use it as a uh, holy water or something. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, Coco Vinny, we, it's been a pleasure having you on. And we end every show with asking each of our guests the same question. This is the Midland Money Mindset. We talk about mindset and we talk about joy. We love joy on this show. So what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? I woke up with the sun. I had uh, 10 minutes of pure gratitude. And I sat with a mentor today that helped me actually get my father pardoned from prison. And I sat with him today It's and he had some health issues. So he's still with us. And that one put me straight today. That was a good day. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. So listen, we're going to have all of your information in the show notes, all the information about Coco Taps. But if people want to learn more about you, learn more about Coco Taps, what's the best and the easiest place for them to do that? So Coco Vinny, that's C-O-C-O-V-I-N-N-Y, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, as well as CocoTaps.com. 
and Coco Taps for you on all the social medias as well. So I'm real easy to find. Just Google Coco Vinny. You can find me. I return all calls, even the bill collectors. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you have many of those because you're doing a bang up job. So I appreciate you taking out the time and joining us today and sharing your wisdom with our audience and make it a great day. Thanks, Larry. Have a great one. Coco love. I want to thank Coco Vinny Zaldivar for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Coco Vinny has taken his love of coconuts and the planet to create a company that can motivate and drive him and his team every single day. Coco Vinny is all in. I mean, he changed his name to represent his passion. How many entrepreneurs have you ever seen do that? Coco Vinny and Coco Taps can be found across all social media platforms and all the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.